What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to Experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Guys, welcome to this bonus episode of Pulp Kitchen. Thank you so much for joining us. Don't forget we posted a full ep- numbered episode. I always try to up saying episodic episode. A full numbered episode, episode yes. on the Wednesday where we talked about the Settlers. Yes. Plus the we talked about claw. the Iron Claw. And, and, and it was great. And, and it was great. Emails as well. It was great. <laughs> and we answered loads of great emails. And we was like, what do we do about something else? Because I think the three films last week threw me. I think you're disorientated. I'll discombobulated. You, you are like in Sherlock Holmes. Do you remember that? Discombobulate. Yes. In the scene, to the the you discombobulate. Let's talk about Fair Play, which mm. is why is everyone here? Fair Play. Um, we're going to talk about this film, which came out on Netflix, I think in September, but because of the strike, they weren't able to talk about it. So it kind of slipped out. But it has in it Phoebe Deliver from Bridgerton and much else, and Alden Ehrenreich. I'm a big Alden Ehrenreich fan. Yeah, we talked about. It. I'm. I'm yeah. a, me too. We, he's he, very charismatic and charming on screen. I've not really seen him much off yes. screen. He simultaneously had a big break with Solo, but also one that kind of ki- killed and gave him a big break to his career. At the yeah, same time. I feel like it was a one step forward, two steps back for him. But I still really like. I, I was impressed with his performance in yes. Solo, and I thought he carried the weight of of being Harrison Ford without being Harrison Ford very well. Yeah, um, like you and I went to this um, very uh, posh Soho House screening in yes. London, where the cinema is beautiful and very comfortable, but we're like next to each other. But there's like a whole like coffee table between us yeah. with these very loungy chairs. And it's a very dampened environment. Yeah, it was a Q and A screening put on by L, yes, the magazine brand. Got a free magazine. Didn't read it. Didn't read it <laughs> um, and. Um, and we thought, well, let's settle in and watch this yeah. film that, that slipped up. And it caught our interest because it was kind oh, of... Sirens f- on our end. Sirens on our end. Two, there's an ambulance and a police going on there. Fire engine. It's fire engine. Oh, fire engine. Yeah. Two fire engines, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, uh, it's an interesting film. And we want to talk about it because I think that it's definitely like... If you're going to... It's not something that can, you should overlook in a way no. it's, got, it's got some it's got some interesting ingredients so let's just talk about it so I, so I just want to say i went in knowing almost nothing about it which yes. i really appreciated i said you know what i've got the screening i know the talent yes. involved i know it sort of roughly covers this but other than that i know very little which was actually i really appreciated do you know what it was when we went to the bafta press launch of the ee rising star yes BAFTA, where phoebe dinover was there and they showed a clip from it and i was like yes that came out yeah and no one talked about it. It must be a shame. It must be good if she's being nominated in that performance. So, so yes, Fair Play, directed by Chloe Dumont. Um, as I said, starring Phoebe Dinover and Alden Ehrenreich. Can you take the banana off the table? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> all, so I don't know why. It's, <laughs> it's like a prank. But also, it's like it a really, game. You've got it to really spot the banana, you, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It really bothers yeah, you. Yeah, I find bananas can I, can offensive. I just, sorry, before yeah. I do that. Do you know what's so annoying? I had, I had a food order come yesterday yeah. and I ordered bananas. Never order bananas on a food order because they came and they you get the shit greener than your shirt. Yeah. No, and I'm like, but I need a banana for tomorrow. Go to yeah. the supermarket. All they have Avocados is green Avocados too. You get the ones that aren't ready. But now I have a banana that is simultaneously green and also beaten up. Yeah. It looks like it's been through the wars. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Back to fair play. Um, 
Yes, fair play. Directed by Chloe DeMont and starring Alden Ehrenreich and Phoebe Dinover. It is a story about a... In New York City, we open up on uh, Phoebe Dinover and Alden Ehrenreich at a uh, wedding, his brother's wedding. And they're very much in love. And they're also kind of... uh, uh, sexually thrilled by each other's risqueness and they have this scene at the beginning where they uh, uh, have sex in the bathroom and it's all very risque and very naughty and uh, as they're having sex a, a ring drops out of all night's pocket and there's a sort of very clumsy quite funny comical proposal that um that happens in, in this bathroom and they kind of elope from the, the the wedding and go back to their their apartment and it's all very sweet and romantic they then wake up the next morning uh, it's 4.30 in the morning. Yeah. Their alarm's gone off on the phone. They're straight in the shower, getting ready, suited and booted. And would you know it, they are heading off into the office world and Phoebe Dinova leaves her ring behind and she goes to her, her work. She says goodbye to Alden Reich on the corner. She gets in the lift and then Alden Ehrenreich also gets in the lift at her building and it transpires that they work in the same office for the same people and as part of company policy, they aren't allowed to date. So their relationship is in fact a secret. So they are secretly engaged in a secret relationship working in, I want to say venture capital. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very high pressured, very sort of uh, yeah. intense. Glossy, intense, very almost large like amounts of money being thrown around. Big, cli- it, it, you know, if, if, um, if Succession was the kind of show that came along and unpacked the cliche and made everyone seem actually quite silly and buffoonish, this is like before that where everyone is very slick and, yes. and grilly and mean. Expensive suits and black, excellent outfits. From yes. And they expect lots of um, almost AI generated conversations about venture capital. Yeah, it's yeah. like, well, if we get there before the market close, and that won't have to deal with the hearing. After and about five like, minutes of that, it's like, it's okay, I'm not meant to know. Yeah, yeah, I'm not meant to know. <laughs> yeah. it, they might as well be going venture capital, venture capital, venture yeah. capital. But if the venture capital has moved to this venture capital, capital, then the venture won't capitalize. Could we capitalize that venture? <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Anyway, um, then what happens is you have this office which is headed by a fantastic Eddie Marzan. Yeah, Eddie Marzan, if you if you don't know his face when I'm saying his name, look yeah. him up because he's been in so much and he is terrifically cold in this. I'm glad movie. he's come up because we both like him. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. He's got this horrible sort of steely glaze. He never smiles or smirks in this whole he film. He manages to achieve, on one sense, being very sort of like um fluffy and domestic and quite sort of unthreatening but at the same time i've always seen him be very menacing and he manages yeah. to do both and i think he contrasts them he's, really well he's quite a small man yeah he's quite diminutive he could also be comic relief he's not traditionally masculine in any sense but no. he, he, he's threatening he gives very little away in this film from his character and i really believe him as a sort of uh financial middle manager titan yes like between sort of a much larger thing but managing and oppressing lots of other people i totally totally sold it his his um right hand man is played by rich sommer from mad men we yeah. talked about the fact that rich sommer can only seem to be in films suits and tv and shows in suits and offices because he's also in blackberry as yeah. well they are somebody um is fired above them. The project manager is fired, which opens up a vacancy. And uh, Phoebe Denver's character overhears two people mentioning the fact that it could be Luke, her secret fiance. She says to Luke, oh my goodness, I've heard your name come up. You might be up for this promotion. They all get very excited. They, They celebrate a little too early before knowing the news. And then in the middle of the night, she's given a call. It must be about two o'clock in the morning to go and see Eddie Marzan, the big boss. And she travels down, travels downtown, goes to this very swanky bar. Up. It's a little bit sleazy bar, but he's there drinking, you know, menacingly drinking his probably a hundred pound scotch. Yeah. And they have a little conversation about her career and everything. And would you know it, next day, she is then given the promotion, not Luke. And uh, 
it's a massive step for her career. She's worked hard for it. But then you basically have this rift that is caused in this relationship mm. that is a secret at work. They are engaged, very newly engaged. Um, and how it's about the dynamic, their, 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 their relationship dynamic and their sexual relationship dynamic that yeah. changes with this shift in uh, work power dynamic. Yeah. Um, and needless to say, Luke perhaps does not take the news well. Yeah. Have I described the plot I think sufficiently enough yeah, sufficiently. That's Okay, enough, good. Yeah. Well, that's the setup and that's the premise. A kind of juicy little uh, sexual thriller there. Yeah. Fair play, James. I thought it was very competent. And I mm. thought it got, especially towards the end, it just crescendos and gets increasingly more and more yeah. intense and violent, a little bit shocking. Um, yeah. But it's it's very good. I actually, you know, maybe wrongly so. I, I listen, sometimes we get the access to these Q&As and I do feel sorry for both the interviewers and the cast members involved because I don't think it's easy to talk about the film in the most interesting way in that setting in a very dampened theatre. Yes. When I was listening to Phoebe Deneva being interviewed, I wasn't the most interested in what she had to say and the film wasn't exactly lighting me on fire in terms of her description yeah. of it. But what I did find once the film started is that I thought Phoebe Deneva was really great in it and mm. it was the best thing I've seen her in. I've only seen her in Bridgerton. What else would I have seen Phoebe Deneva in? I think Bridgerton, uh, The Colour Room. Uh, anyway, I anyway, immediately yeah. found her to be really good. Alden Ehrenreich, I think, I've been really, really impressed with. Yeah, really seen good. him in Oppenheimer, he's brilliant in that. And also, he is good in Solo, despite that film not working. And I think they had great chemistry. One of my criticisms of One Life, oh, sorry, of One Day, was that... <laughs> yeah, not One Life. <laughs> one of my criticisms of One Day, which I reviewed recently, you can check it out, is that some of the top... Uh, argument scenes and some of the romantic scenes I don't think had flow. Mm. Whereas in this film, I came out of that thinking the arguments really flowed there, the dialogue really yeah. works between them. It does get a bit intense, but I found it interesting. Mm. Maybe a little bit long. Maybe it just sort of unravels to a stent where I stopped believing a little bit in some of the characters' decisions yes. towards the end. But all in all, very engaging and it worked. Yeah, I agree. It's very engaging and I was gripped throughout. I would say that actually, I, I think the film doesn't end up being as interesting or having as interesting commentary on sexual work polit uh, dynamics as it, thinks it, as, it, yeah. as it thinks it does. I don't think it's got quite the depth that it thinks it does, but it's a testament. I think it's one of those examples where it is told with such conviction, yes. with such good Very performances, serious. that it actually makes you believe and carries you along with the film for most of the time. So yeah. despite the fact that I kind of was aware that I don't think you're actually getting deeper as deep as you think your your conviction and your belief in this and the, and the way you put it <laughs> you off, believe you it are basically <laughs> yeah. kind of getting away with it for most of the time i yeah. agree it does kind of descend and then there's a specific thing that happens towards the end that i'm like i think you've put it in there to make a statement of a point i don't actually think it works for this I, I was taken aback by that yes inclusion. decision yeah. and i think the thing is this film was kind of sold and being talked about as being an erotic thriller which is a miss is a miss sell because an erotic thriller mm. which is a, a a kind of dormant genre yeah and, and really should and yeah. you know anytime that kind of dormant genre gets resurrected I'm, I'm excited but it's not because it's not about the kind of even it's not about fair play it's not about the even balance between them it's much more about the film should really be There's called sex in it but it's, I don't... oops i just realized i'm engaged to patrick bateman it's, it's <laughs> yeah. really because the yeah. descent the alden Aaron Wright goes down which uh, it's not implausible, no. But because the f the film has committed itself to telling it in the space of a week, yeah, it becomes a little. Um, it it, it, plates, it places a strain, I think, on some of the narrative beats. All the Aaron Reich's character for the first half of the film, I'm like, that's a really smart, sensible guy. Yes, and, and some of the decision he makes from 
something's happening to him. Like, I don't really believe that you, that person, the first half of this film would go on to make some of those yes. decisions. Yeah. It's a little bit thrown, but... Um, yeah, it's, it's solid. It's, it's entertaining. It's, it's good one to watch with your partner, actually. If you're yeah, gonna do yeah, it. yeah. If, if yes. you're going to get some value and interest and discussion out of it, it would be fun to. Or if pe- if men and women would receive it very differently, I think that would be interesting. That's the thing. It will be discussion one and totally. we were, This is, episode's coming out after Valentine's Day, but yeah. it's like that would definitely. <laughs> it's a bit have of an intense. Valentine's it's it's Day absolutely watch. intense and quite dark, but it, it does create a, an interesting discussion point. I do think ultimately, when the, when when the film began and it was like um, they were like they, they not only had a secret relationship, they were secretly engaged. I. So we found out they were engaged. Great. Yeah. Congratulations to them. And then it was like, oh, it's actually a secret at work. I, I actually, that's where I started to feel a bit implausible because I don't believe that a relationship that has got to this part, the, the point of at which that they are engaged would be a secret. I, I don't think those two people would have committed to being related to committed to being engaged with this, their, their relationship in that status. Yeah, they would have immediately said, hang on, let's sort something out. We need to come up, uh, like come up with this at work yeah. or, but all the time as well, I was watching it and, and characters were doing things of like, well, you just don't, I'm not saying that it's implausible, but I'm like, oh, well, don't, don't do that. Yeah. Now, yeah. now that's going to happen. You, yeah. you idiot. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, 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 it's naughty. And it's funny. I do also think that it has a kind of whiff, of um, sexploitation, slight trashiness to it in a, in a way. Sure. I, I don't necessarily- Sirens on our end. Sirens on our end, what is going on? I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that in the sense that it's got that kind of very cranked up sexual tension stuff that in other hands would be, would be exploited out into a very different film. But I think that, um, like I said, the conviction, the, the way they've, they've made the film bends it the other way that it kind of belies that. But I, I can see how someone watching this film could give it both it could give it either four stars or one star yeah given that it takes place it has very few settings as the apartment there's the office there's a couple of bars and given the size of the cast and the way in which the dialogue style works this wouldn't be um this would not be at home on the stage given like the type oh, of yeah. the type of arguments they have like you could really see that being a very intense yeah. stage play that has something to say about you know who earns more oh, the power dynamics i wouldn't like to watch it on stage but i can see it on stage but great performances from both of them i have yeah. to say if you're yeah. interested would in not seeing alden Ehrenreich justify himself outside of solo watch it if yeah. you want to see phoebe dinover justify herself outside of bridgerton go and alden see Ehrenreich's it really like he has a really um friendly and c- c- like uh, cool and i don't know casual style to his, to his demeanor. yeah very relaxed but also and that's why his threateningness Confident. is quite good yeah his threat in the film because he it belies that kind of yeah he's a little bit slick but kind of relatable as like an everyman do you know what he is he is he's got the kind of perfect actor face where he could handsome himself up he yeah. could be really handsome yeah but also he can schlub himself down it's, it's being quite crazy, yeah. being quite like a char- characterful you know he he looks like a guy who could be from your hometown yeah but he was also a handsome guy from your hometown you did a, a very bad phrase point there but you know, did you see my point yeah yeah totally he, he looks like a human being could be a leading man and could be a very interesting character yes great great work outfits great blouses great suits yes got michael is it michael de souza in there who was in like season five of skins yes that's right He's yeah and and very glossy but and it's apparently i mean they made a big thing of talking about this they're like oh it's filmed in uh, Ch- is it the Czech Republic? uh no no filmed in serbia. serbia and and but you wouldn't know because no. they, there's so many night shots they, they yeah. filmed in new york city they did they, said they did like two nights in new york we should also talk about the, the point that the moderation beforehand really threw us off the moderator was yeah. like was like oh and i won't spoil it but like there, there's a it, you know the film ends on a plot twist that i think i really enjoy we enjoyed just both looked at each yeah. other like first of all we're like not to know that we don't want to know that there's a, a plot twist coming but but then we watch it there's no, no twist. There's no twist there's no plot the twist. plot 
escalates dramatically. Yes. It ramps up to a sort of bit of an explosion, but it wasn't a twist for me. I felt like someone in like, you know, English GCSE being like, excuse me, that's not the correct literary term for that. That's not a twist. <laughs> yeah. It's actually just an escalation of events. But the, the, the damage was done when you sound the siren of saying, there's a twist. You spend the whole thing being like, oh, well, I, there were a couple of things I told you. Oh, maybe like, he's was an that alien. the twist? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe but, his name is Fair and her name is Play. Yeah, but there is no twist. Anyway, Fair Play, it's on Netflix now and uh, go check it out. It's an interesting film. Like yeah. I said, I can understand how, how it polarizes or divide, divides people. I'd love people. to hear from people if they've seen yeah. Yes. And, and here for you have similar impressions to us. So let us know, as ever, at hello at popkitchenpodcast.com. Speaking of you hello went, at popkitchen. You went very... I did slow then. Like, I was getting emotional. You know what I've been uh, watching in my evenings randomly? So, like, when I'm, like, really just trying to unwind, I'm usually, like, editing a film bites. I get this, like, second wind of focus, like, in the evenings. It's, like, 10.30, and I'm just flicking on my YouTube, like, sitting in my pants there. And I'm getting <laughs> recommended the old 60s and 70s Bond trailers. Oh, and they're wow. fascinating to watch. So, like, I, one just came up, and I was like, yeah, I'll watch the trailer for Moonraker. That looks really funny. And then it just started recommending me, like... Thunderbolt, Rush with Love, Goldfinger, and I've watched now like seven or eight Bond trailers intermittently. They're just so fascinating and funny because it's mm. like a gentleman, but also his job oh, yeah. to kill. <laughs> but don't worry, he has a license for it. And the number of times in trailers, James Bond slaps a woman in the face. Oh, like a Bond girl's just like, James, you can't. And he's just like, God damn it. Knocks them out. Like, why is that in the trailer? Oh, why has it got the show? But they're really uh, interesting. Just the, you, they show the whole film, by the way. Yeah, as, well. as a product for their time. But yeah. I, I'm really, I'm like, I think I might complete the trailers of all the bonds <laughs> and go through Roger Moore. But yeah, I just, just want to say that. Could you do an on-the-spot game for me right now? Could you name in in 30 seconds? Can you name seven uh, non-Daniel Craig, non-Pierce Brosnan Bond films? Go. Yeah, Rush with Love, Doctor No, Thunderball, You Only Live Twice, Spy Who Loved Me. Um, uh, never say never again. Um, well, technically, that one doesn't count. But uh, All the Majesty's Secret Service and License to Kill. Okay, well, there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, great. Little throwing game there. Little throwing game. Let's do some emails. You guys have been sending in loads of emails. We mentioned this on the show. We're gonna we're gonna try and read some emails now because we've got so many to get through. Again, sorry. I will preface this by saying. We're very sorry if your email does not get read out. But the fact is, we've been doing this show a long time now. We've got more and more listeners, more and more emails. And due to production, we can't always read out everyone. Doesn't mean we don't appreciate them. Doesn't mean we don't read them. We, and we have a little comment ourselves mm -hmm, to them. Mm -hmm. We just don't have time to read out every single email. But please don't be disheartened or discouraged. Please keep sending them in. We love to hear from you. Matthew writes in to hello at popkitchenpodcast.com just like you can. And he says, hi, both. I thought I'd write in again as I previously left a review about tar and said I would be curious to see how Maestro handles conducting. Sit with it. We, we made a comparison between conducting in tar, conducting yes. in Maestro. Uh, since my last email, I've now finished my Master of Music with Distinction in September. Woohoo! Congratulations. I'd love to be called a Master a of Music. A Master with Distinction. Sir, you are the master of music. Yeah. Lord knows I'm a master. I'm the master of music. Good Wait, is that the master of music? Look dun, at the, dun, this dun. man. This is my friend. He's a master of music. Yeah. He was the music master of the college. So I'm imagining Ross. With now. distinction in September. Yeah, you went a bit Ross there. Woohoo. Uh, congratulations. Very impressed. Uh, and I've been working on a few projects, including a short film set to be hopefully shown at a few film festivals hey. later this year. On to Maestro. I, I love this. I love a musical person telling us about the musical film. Absolutely. 
On to Maestro. Somewhere in between this film, wanting to focus on Bernstein as a conductor, Bernstein struggling with his creativity as a composer, his wife struggling with his, his fame, his affairs, as well as her own health, there is a masterpiece. But I felt it could not decide on what to focus on, mm. so it was a bit of a mess. If it were to focus on him as a conductor slash composer, then yes, call it Maestro. But with it being so scattered, it feels like the wrong title. I wonder whether the film would have been better if it were entirely from Felicity's perspective and how she manages such a chaotic life. Yeah, you could have done like a Jackie mm. or a... Oh, yeah. um, Spencer. Like a Spencer, yes, mm. thank you. Um, as you say, it is beautifully shot. Or Priscilla. Yes, I was on the tip of my tongue. Thank you. As you say, it is beautifully shot and his commitment to conducting is superb. As someone who has been conducting for two years now, being asked to conduct any Mahler repertoire would terrify me. So that's what I wanted to know. Yeah, this no is brilliant. No one's ever been like, that's a really hard thing to do. Um, so for Cooper to take on the finale of Mahler 2, only for audiences to mock him for spending so many years preparing for it, is completely unjustified. Despite that, if I wanted to watch a film about a conductor, I will pick Tar. Mm. It is much more focused and leaves you with space and time to think about what is happening rather than just showing a whistle-stop tour of the character's best bits. Uh, on, on that, because he moves on to something well, else. I was actually just going to say that um, my friend, uh, he got, really got into Marla recently, as you do. And, uh, but he, uh, we sat, he sat me down and he was like, you've got to listen to the, I think it's the fourth movement of Marla's fifth. I believe you. It's like 10 minutes long. James? Magnificent. Yeah. I have to say, I was like, wow. Yeah. Now I know what Lydia Tarr was on about. Yeah, I get the TikToks, which is, um, quote, classical music is boring. And then it's like, it, you swipe, and then it's like a, a really great piece of classical music. I was like, yeah, it's good. I'm just, I'm on TikTok. I'm not probably in the right headspace yeah, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to listen to this, but I believe you. Uh, on a side note, you go on to, you both mentioned 2001 A Space Odyssey frequently, but I'm curious as to whether you have listened to Alex North's original score for the film, which Kubrick famously did not tell the composer that he had completely replaced with what is now so iconic until North sat down to watch it at the premiere. Wow. Safe to say Brutal. he was not happy. It was, however, recorded in 1993, and boy, it would have made for a vastly different film. Would love to hear your thoughts on it. All the best. Wish you both the very best we with the port. I love that little factoid there. I haven't heard, obviously, the original, but it, it's one of those things, but they're, they're so iconic. The, the, the yeah. one we do know. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. strange to separate. To replace it. It is, but also it would be an interesting exercise just to realise how much film is shaped by this, the music that goes underneath Absolutely. it, obviously. Matthew goes on to say, P.S., James, you always say Wally is it is spelt for some reason. I've always referred to it as Wally. Yes. Like, where's Wally? Just wondering if other listeners do the same or whether this was just me. I do it you, as have, Eva says it. Wally. I have no, no, but I, I, I Wally. I, no, you say Wally. Yeah, I say like, Wally, like yeah. There's a garden wall. It's Wall dash E. But I think it's Wally. It's meant to be. That's like Wally. the same. Wally. Wally. Or, or sometimes you do, you place the emphasis on the E, you go Wally. Wally. <laughs> Wooly, like you've just gained consciousness the first I do, time. I do, I do do that, and I don't see myself stopping anytime um, soon. Matthew, thank you for your email. If also, if we could continue this trend, like if there's a professional wrestler that they could write in about the Iron Claw, <laughs> yeah. it'd be great. Or if there's a, a, a reanimated Victorian woman who could write in about poor things, <laughs> or if there's a grumpy, grumpy. As soon as I heard, I wanted to send in my thoughts. <laughs> it's just, I feel so seen. <laughs> At my time in Paris, I yeah. really did find. Um, I just want to do a quick thing about, uh, before I read the email that I'm going to read, just a quick thing about all of us strangers, which we've had some more emails about. Mm -hmm. We already did our spoiler reviews. Yeah. This is not going to be a spoiler email, so don't worry if you haven't seen it. But yeah. I just want to say, some people have said have emailed about, I want to say uh, a theory about the film, and it revolves around the word fire. Not a spoiler for the film, don't you worry about it. But it's just, that's what the name of this theory is called. I can just tell you, if, if that is your theory around the film... Um, 
Andrew Haig, the director, has been like, oh, wow, that's an interesting theory. Not in there at all. He's like, <laughs> yeah. no, that's... Cool that's, story, bro. He's like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not, that's not a trip. With All of Us Strangers, it's a film that's vague and open to interpretation and has it alludes to lots of different things yes. and it's not it doesn't sort of it's it's purposefully unclear as to exactly yeah. what's happened you're left with your emotional reaction you're there to interpret yeah. it i've seen a lot of people saying you're wrong it was this do you not see that the characters were this the whole time or this person was that person all along I'm like no that no. you can interpret it that way yes. and you can suggest it as a theory but don't tell people their interpretation was wrong. I felt like we gave a lot of like, yeah. oh, it could have been this. That's an interesting interpretation. What I will say is, uh, I told James this yesterday, a friend of mine who a friend of mine was talking to about the film said, yeah, it was good, but I just thought it could have been funnier. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a reading of the film I think is so Strange. off and yeah. irrelevant. And just like, I think you've, yeah. Anyway, it has. We said all like it has like little moments of humor. Like, I think the scenes between it, Andrew Scott and the parents so, are like little bit funny. I do believe that if you are to make any film that truly connects to people on an emotional level, human level, it has to have a sense of humor, sure. not not comedy. So I'm sure, even in, I believe in I'm sure in films like Schindler's List, there will be moments of <sighs> no, no, no. I know it's not about it's not about it's not about even having humor. It's about acknowledging that it exists. Humans expressing a sense of humor. Sure. Um, it, 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 actually, there is. I can think. Of, I can't remember the exact moment. But there, I know in the pianist, there's imagine. a couple of moments of like, even if it's like gallows humor, because it's not there to serve a point. It's not there to make the audience laugh, but it's just to, as an expression of humanity. Show humanity. Yeah, that's I see how. What you mean. If, if you had it completely devoid of a sense of humor, that's not how humans actually work. Yeah. Anyway, um, and all of us strangers does have moments of humor, like a, a, sen a sense of humor, even if it's very bleak. Mm. Like it is important, though. Anyway, the email I'm going to read out now is from our old correspondent in LA, Trevor. Trevor writes in to say, hey guys, I really love the crossover conversation with Raiders of the Lost podcast, which guys came out as a bonus a few weeks ago. Go check it out if you haven't listened to it. Since I am the loosely official LA correspondent, I felt compelled to chime in about your discussion of movies that exemplify Los Angeles. Yes, we talked about this yeah. with James from Raiders of the Lost podcast. We talked about what parts of the city he identifies with it. And he gave this really quite eloquent answer about- Like Nightcrawler, Drive. Yeah, and he's like certain, oh, oh, training days like East LA and this. Yeah. And it was, it was great. That's what you want a local to, to yeah. tell you. Um, Trevor says, um, uh, the, films I, the film I cannot believe was not brought up but um, is Collateral, Michael Mann's Collateral. Yeah. Collateral almost serves as a companion piece to La La Land. La La Land shows LA in its most glamorous, bursting with life and art and beautiful people. Collateral is LA at its darkest, seedy, sinister, violent. Yet in both films, the city feels like a character as essential as Gosling or Tom Cruise to those respective films. Michael Mann's other film, Heat, gets an honorable mention for the same reason. I mean, yes, actually, Heat, I would put it though. Yeah, a very Heat. LA film. Two others to me that are quintessential LA movies. Speed. I'd love mm -hmm. to rewatch Speed. I, I'm totally ready to be rewatched. It's me. just yeah. right there. Like, oh, perfectly encapsulates the sense of endlessness on the freeway, though anyone who lives in LA would find it baffling that a bus leaving from Santa Monica heading towards downtown in rush hour wouldn't encounter traffic. <laughs> I like that. Um, Steve Martin's LA story, where life in Los Angeles is literally the plot of the film. It's a terrific send-up of the irreverence of LA, the, way that the same way Seinfeld is, is a send-up of the irreverence of New York. I'll end with this question for you. Which films do you feel embody London? I watched Rye Lane, thanks to George's yeah. recommendation on the end of year review, and loved it. Until next time, Trevor. Well, Rye Lane's a, good, a really yeah. good, good, good example. Notting Hill as well, lovely, but like in a very different way. And also, yeah, it's not accurate, is it really? No, but, but it's, I, there's, a certain, there's a certain quality to it, which I think captures British humour, like British but London, party. specifically London. Specifically London. Harry Brown. <laughs> Oh, no, that's uh, you, you were meant Harry to do that. Brown. What did you do? Nothing. Um, 
Specifically, London. London. Paddington. Paddington. That's, it's it's actually, not. But it's not London, but it, it is. Uh, it's very romanticized. It's, you know what it is? It's like London in a metaphorical sense. Yeah. It's about accepting outsiders, about a very diverse city. Very, which can be colourful and cutesy. That I showed. I need to show you still the road where they shoot the house. I think in I know it because all the influences go there. Yeah, it's like beautiful pastel-coloured houses where every house is a different colour. Um, but anyway. London, 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 London has four. I'm trying to think. What's a, what's what's a London movie? Why is there? What's a London movie? Shaun of the Dead, in like its own way. Oh yeah. What about Living? With uh, Bill yeah, Nye, like, I mean, it's, 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 it's a part of the part of the, uh, the sorry, a time that I'm not really that privy to. Like Love, Live, Love Live actually is a real London film, but but not like it's all cutesy. It London, is all cutesy, it? yeah. Boiling point, boiling point, way, actually, because it's even though it's not outside, like it's it's London people, it's a London kitchen, it's a London environment, cross section of London society in there. The prestige for like steampunk London, yeah. like completely unrelatable to us, but kind of cute. And a soldier spy. About time with uh, Donald Again, Gleeson. Yeah, another cutesy, London. another cutesy one. Oh, Bridget Jones Diary. Yes, that's cute. Very like oh, country house skiing. This blah blah. blah. I'm thinking about the sequel now, but um, oh, about a boy with Hugh Grant and Nicholas Holt. Yes, that's I, set in London. Very say. very noughties London. And, and also, I watched, that. I watched that recently. Hugh Grant, uh, specifically North London. Hugh Grant. People often obviously overlook Hugh Grant as being like an actor actor. Yeah, but he said. What people don't realise about in About a Boy is that he was trying very hard not to do the same role he'd done in Notting Hill yeah. and Four Weddings. He said, if you listen to that film, he said, he's specifically trying to be a very nope. North London accent. Yeah. And he's trying to talk differently. And, he, and, and when I watched About a Boy afterwards, I was like, you know what? I do hear his voice. I don't know if, I don't know if it's accurate to North London. You'll have to tell me that. But it's like, I d- he's not Hugh Grant. He's not doing Hugh yeah. Grant's voice. If you listen closely, he is trying to be a different sound to it. But yeah, there is there is a lot of London in that. Johnny English, set in Johnny London. Johnny English, yes. The King's Speech, set in London. Yeah. Oh, yes, there's a... Yes. Yeah, yes. that's all. That's all. This next one is from Andrew, who says, Hello, George and James. I've got a little challenge for you both going back the past four years of the Oscars, picking out the winners in the top three categories. Best picture, best leading woman, best leading man. Who would you pick? Best leading woman, leading best man. leading woman. So for best picture, the last four winners were Everything Everywhere, Coda, Nomadland, Parasite. Right. Who'd you pick? Parasite. To me, Parasite. Parasite 2. Uh, best actor, we've got Brendan Fraser, Will Smith, Anthony Hopkins, God damn you. And Joaquin Phoenix. Why'd you say Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins, God damn you. And Joaquin Phoenix. Okay. Best performance out of those. So I t- I'm I think gonna choose... say uh, it's twenty twenty four Joker, isn't it? For Joaquin. Twenty nineteen. Twenty twenty twenty. It's twenty twenty Oscars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably choose Joaquin there. I do think Joaquin... I do think Hopkins is fantastic in um The Father. But I would choose Joaquin though. I'm also gonna go Joaquin, but Brendan Fraser is also great in The Whale. Yeah. I feel like The Whale as a film is kind of it's there. I, I, I think more of it than you do. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, best actress, we've got Michelle Yeoh, Jessica Chastain, Frances McDormand, and Renee Zellweger. So hang on, for... Hang Michelle Yeoh for Everything Everywhere, Jessica Chastain for... The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Thank you. And Frances McDormand for Nomadland, Nomadland and, and Renee Zellweger in 2020. For Judy, that's a forgotten film. That is a forgotten film. Yeah. Because you know why? Because also like Renee Zellweger hadn't made a film in a while, came back, won the Oscar. Has she made a film since? I don't no. know. God, Judy. Oh, no, she did a TV series, didn't she? It is the it is the 2020 year. I, I think uh, Judy's not a very good film either. Um, I would choose um, maybe Michelle Yeoh or maybe Frances McDormand. I think I go mm. 
Francis McDormand, I'd say. I haven't seen the eyes of Tammy Faye. So. Love the podcast. Keep up the great content. Are we finishing there? And this last email is from Edward, who says the mystery of the Argyle pattern. Yes, I, many people have written about this, which was really helpful. James and I last week, we couldn't name Jester, the pattern. Harlequin. Yeah, the, 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 the diamond crisscross pattern that, that Argyle is being marketed Bonquet, on. Bonquet, I threw out. Anyway, <laughs> Edward truly uh, answered that by saying, hi boys, long-term listener, first-time caller. Ed here. Before I kick things off, just want to say how much of a fan I am of the pod. Thank Very you. refreshing to hear two people talk about films who both have an evidently genuine passion about the medium and are happy to voice their honest opinions, but also don't take it too seriously to the point of pretension and stuffiness keep it up forever please thank you we do we will try i'm not writing to you with anything profound this year i've seen lately other than that i really can't wait to catch up on all of us strangers and Mm. i also felt similarly to you about the kitchen james yeah but i'm only getting in touch to shed some light on one aspect of your discussion about argyle I can't tell if you were taking the piss, but you couldn't decide on what the name of the pattern was that the film based its visual identity on. But no, it's not Czech or Tartan. It's Argyle with one L. I thought that one would be low-hanging fruit for you guys, but it seems the film has managed to do some clever thing against all the odds went over your heads. Regardless, I thought the film looked shit when I first saw the trailer. I think it sounds even worse now after listening to your review, George. All the best, Ed. Who walks around with a glossary of what patterns are in their yeah. head. It's like, I think that's fantastic. I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled that so many people have emailed in about that. But yeah. like, the only ones I know are Houndstooth. I know Houndstooth. There's yeah. a variation of it, which is like, Walt, uh, Dogtooth. Dogtooth. Dogtooth and Houndstooth. Check, Paisley. Paisley. Tartan. Tartan. Argyle now. Tweed. <laughs> I think Harlequin is a pattern. I think Harlequin is what you were thinking of with the Jester yeah. thing. Yeah. T- uh, tweed isn't a pattern, is it? It's a fabric. No, I just mean that. I'm thinking about clothes. <laughs> um, I mean, pinstripe maybe. Yeah, pinstripe. Crittle, grid, check. We could be here all day. <laughs> this is why we don't do. This isn't a fabric podcast. No. Uh, thank you very much for all your emails. As ever, we enjoy very much reading them out on the show. Um, we again check out the main episode if you haven't from this week. But we'll be back next week with more films, more reviews, and more fun chat. See you next week. Bye. Thank you for listening. Bye.